You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. All right, Nikki. Welcome to Inflow with Soul. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. For our listeners, I want to introduce you to Nikki Heller. Nikki is a licensed esthetician. And just before we started taping this, I asked her to help me pronounce it as well as ask her to define it for me because <laughs> it's something I'm not entirely clear on. So let's just start with that as we get to know one another. Sure. So a licensed esthetician um, is sometimes confused with an anesthetist, which I don't even know if I said that right or not. Okay. Um, I do not put people to sleep with medication, but people do fall asleep on my table. Okay. <laughs> um, so I do all things skincare. Um, I do facials. I do full body waxing um, and I do airbrush spray tans. Okay. And how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been licensed for 12 years. What was it about this field of work that resonated with you? How does this align with your passions? Um, I used to train for a makeup company and I loved um, that just the little tweaks and the things that you could do, women just got so excited and I loved the conversation with them. I loved just creating different experiences and I didn't actually find out that this was a legit thing until I was 27. So I didn't go to school until a little bit later. I just worked and bartended. Okay. Um, and then when I saw this was a real thing and I could get licensed by the state, I, I did it and then just opened my own studio. So how did you discover this then? <laughs> um, I guess I can't even say a Google search because it was just the beginning of when we had the internet at okay. my parents' house. So I think I was just looking for schools that were local mm -hmm. and looking to see what courses they offered. And I just stumbled upon it. And it must have aligned though, right? When you saw this, as you, you saw something in it that said, yeah, this is who I am. And this is who I want to be or something to that effect. Is that true? Right. So you're also allowed to do makeup application. So in most states, you have to be licensed to actually touch someone's face. So I had already been doing tons of makeup trainings um, and tons of bridal makeup. So I was like, this is perfect. I'll be legit and I can get paid for what I love to do. There we go. That's the, that's the gem I'm looking for. Okay. So <laughs> prior to becoming um, licensed, you were practicing already. You were practicing I, with makeup. Right. But I wasn't touching. I mean, I was applying a little bit. I was working um, independently in some salons, so I was doing it legit. Um, but I was doing a lot more um, 
training for companies, teaching how to do custom blended foundations, um, and also just teaching courses for women to learn how to apply their own makeup. And I guess I, I want to come back to what is important to you about this? What is it that you gain from doing the work that you do? I love when somebody says to me, you make me feel so comfortable. I was so stressed out today and just talking to you and just being around you. I'm so relaxed. I feel recharged. I like, I have goosebumps right now. Um, like I just feel amazing. Thank you. Like that's everything to me when someone says that. Wow. Yeah, that is powerful, right? Isn't that the kind of thing we, the impact that we want to have on other people right. is, is to be acknowledged that somehow we improved their experience if, if only for a moment, right? Right. So, um, you, you start with makeup, um, you move into this license role. What were some of those challenges for you? Did you have challenges when you moved from practice to now a licensed professional? Um, I think just the beginning challenges of, you know, having the confidence to open a space and, you know, dealing with the bigger public, um, things like that. I had a few people working for me. So just learning how to have employees, um, and things like that, but it all went pretty smoothly. <laughs> Good for you. So just for context, I, I'm, I'm, a visual person, where are you located? So for some reason, knowing where you are on the map is important to me in this moment. So where are you located? Um, do you know where Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania? Yeah. It's in the southwestern part. So I'm in Mount Pleasant. So I'm about an hour south east of Pittsburgh. And did you grow up in that area? Yes, I was born in Mount Pleasant. I thought I would be living in Miami by now, but I'm still in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> What's the draw for Miami? The water, the beach. Have you had a chance to see that in the last 12 months or so? No. <laughs> How much do you miss that? I literally will put salt in my bathtub just so yes. I can get some salt water. <laughs> I agree. I love salt water baths. Those are my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also missing the beach as well. A little sun, a little, little beach, a little ocean water. There's nothing like it, right? Right. Okay. Well, coming back then to your business, when you were growing up, did you have a background of entrepreneurship? Like, did you start a, a lemonade stand when you were little or did your family have businesses where you saw this? How did you get into being coming a businesswoman? Um, growing up, my family um, was big in church and doing all of the meals and all of the catering. If there was a death in the family, my family planned all the meals, organized everything. So I grew up seeing them manage things and being in charge of things, but nobody in my family owned a business. Okay. Um, but when I was in high school, I baked a lot. And so I um, would always bake and sell at the local community park fairs okay. or, or what have you. Um, so that's kind of how I started out. I, I, that's a lie. When I was 12, I made a resume for babysitting and handed out my resume to all of the families at church. And I was homeschooled. Okay. So I was able to have a really flexible schedule. Sure. So I would babysit during the day. And if it was an infant, I would do schoolwork while they were sleeping. But I had a serious babysitting like job going on because I was available when nobody else was. 
And do you remember how that got started? Um, I wanted to babysit and I just, you know, thought it would happen. And my mom said, well, you need to have a resume. You need to get certified in first aid and CPR. And the local hospital was offering it for teenagers. And they had this babysitting course and you got a certification. Um, I didn't like it then, but she never let me do things easy or um, not to 100%. And I didn't understand it then, but I'm happy now that she did that. Um, So I had to make a whole resume per her. Um, so yeah. So what was it about the going a hundred percent? What, where do you think you would have quit? Um, versus your mom saying, no, 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 you're staying here until it's done. Is that what you meant by a hundred percent? Um, no, I, I think I was always a lot more responsible than my friends were. Um, so I tried to hide that a lot. And so I didn't want to seem as responsible as I was. So I wanted to come off like, oh yeah, I'm going to babysit. It's not a big deal. It just happened. But the there was a part of me that wanted to make it a business and I wanted it to be this big thing. And I wanted to do the resume and all the things, but I just didn't want to look too adult for my friends. Um, but I learned really quickly that I didn't care. And I think being homeschooled really helped with that as well. So I was able to develop a lot more of myself and not compare myself to kids and um, public school. I love hearing the story about you being aware at that age of how you wanted to appear to your peers. Now, that's normal, right? This normal developmental stage. And yet to be consciously aware of that, I think, is unique. Um, So... This is something that I hear about. This is something I've experienced myself. This is something I hear from my clients is that whole habit or um, tendency, shall I say, to look at what other people are doing and somehow measure myself against what I think I see them doing. Does that still show up for you now? Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. (laughs) I actually... um, try to be very aware to not just mindlessly flip through Facebook, especially Instagram and just seeing, you know, other salons and spas, like what they're posting, what they're doing, because I'll instantly start comparing myself and it just sends me down a horrible rabbit hole. Right. So I've just tried to be really aware and, and not do that, but it happens. One of the, uh, phrases that we often hear in my my group here is that you shouldn't compare your insights to somebody else's outsides because mm-hmm. you don't know what someone else has gone through to get to where they are. And in fact, you don't even know where they are because what they're saying of where they are may not really be true at all, right? It may, it may just be a facade. But that being said, it comes back to how, how do I define who I am and how clear am I about who I am? One of my clients uh, used the phrase this week of, I want to stand in my truth. And it really made me ponder, what is the truth that I'm standing in? And I've been doing a lot of rebranding work for the last three months where I've really had to ask this question of who am I? What do I do? Who do I do it for? And what are the results? So I'm I'm curious for you, if I asked you to stand in your truth, what is your truth? I was like, please don't ask me this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
You know, I just want to be, I just want to be real. I, I want to be, um, I'm as transparent as I can be. I want to be true to myself and honest. Um, you know, I think there's a happy medium between saying how you're feeling on a certain day, um, not letting it affect things, but just being open and real because that's so relatable. Um, and, and again, to your point, you only know what people show you on the outside. So you have no idea what someone has going on on the inside. And so that's something else that I try really hard is to not to judge people because you really don't know what they have going on. And I think that has really helped as well to keep me grounded Mm -hmm. and to just be as transparent as I can be. Can you think of a time when maybe you were being challenged by some outside influence um, and you had to really find that inner truth? Um, yeah, probably a month ago. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I have a friend um, who I've known for probably 20 years. She um, went to school to actually do what I do and she opened a studio Um she has probably six or seven girls working for her. She has someone in there doing um, injections, Botox, fillers, the whole nine yards. They're always busy. Um, and I just am myself in my studio. Okay. And I was like, ew, like I've been doing this way longer than her. Why am I not there? Like, what is wrong with me? And then I just feel like my whole business is crap. <laughs> but then I'm like, that's what she wants. She wants to have this busy bee like nail bar. She wants to have injections. She wants to just have it lively and have the hip hop music going. And that's her thing. And that's fabulous because I go there to get my nails done. But I like to be one-on-one. I like to be calm and just very zen. Um, And I focus more on skincare. I don't do nails. So we're two completely different people. We want two completely different things and, and that's okay. Yeah, that I love that example um, of just realizing that somebody else has a different shtick, right? Mm-hmm. And thank God they do. They're they're meeting the needs of those clients who probably may not be drawn to your Zen style, right? Right, and vice versa. Right. There's going to be people that don't want to be listening to 2000s hip hop in the background while they're getting a facial. <laughs> And that's okay. Right. There should be something for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody is going to like this person or that person. There's enough to go around. So. So then as you were telling the story um, at the beginning, when you were seeing what she has, you started to to judge your own business as being kind of, I think you used the word crap. How Mm -hmm. would you define your business now as you're standing in that truth? It's amazing. It's, it's the perfect the perfect space. I love everything about it. It's calm. It's peaceful. It's a good vibe. It's just, it's everything. I I love it. So would you say that you're very clear now on who you are and what that truth is that you can now say yes and no to things um, more intentionally, or are you still trying things out? Yes. I I think there's always going to be those times where you second guess but I've definitely gotten a lot more confident in myself to, to stand up for myself more and to say no when I feel that I need to. 
And can you recall a situation recently where maybe you said no to something, whereas before you knew who you were, you might have said yes to? I think the quickest thing I can think of is, um, you know, there's always the no call, no shows for appointments. Um, And so I don't take a credit card on file. If someone no call, no shows once, okay, I'll let them reschedule. If they do it a second time, if they want to come back, they have to prepay. Um, normally I would be on the fourth or fifth cancellation of this person. Um, but the other week I actually said, you know, I'm so sorry you have things going on. This is my policy. This time was reserved specifically for you. I was ready for you. I would love to have you back, but this is what needs to happen. Okay. Here's my card. And I was like, hold on, let me breathe for a second. Cause it worked. <laughs> that is a huge celebration. Right. That is a beautiful story of you standing in your truth, setting your boundaries Mm -hmm. and letting them do and be who they are. But this is my boundaries and now we'll see where we go from here. And in this case, they found their card. Right. I love it. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I imagine that the road to finding out who you really are, there was a lot. You said yes, maybe to a lot of things that later you, you said no to. When you look at that section of your experience, um, is there anything that you would change about that? I don't think so. I mean, when I when I look back, I I didn't enjoy everything that happened, but it brought me to where I am now and helped me to create who I am now. So, um, yeah. So if you were speaking with another entrepreneur who is at that stage where they're still trying to find what their truth is and they're finding they're saying yes to a lot of things and then having to say no, that that's not it at all. What would you say to that person from where you are now? I would say the biggest thing is to take your time. There's, there's no time limit on things. Um, everything happens for a reason when it's meant to be, it's going to happen without you having to force it. Um, also write everything down, take notes. Anytime you have a thought, write anything down because I've even found myself with notes from three years ago of this is what I want my new space to look like. And that's what it looks like now. And I didn't even remember that I wrote that three years ago. Wow. How do you organize those? Because I have all of these notes like all over the place and notebooks and files and my old computer, my new computer. Did you have a system for that? Um, So I just got notepads, blank notepads, and I wrote on the front. um, Business ideas was on one. um, Just a plain journal was a different one. And so I just, a lot of times, I mean, they did overlap but I tried to really grab the one that I wanted to work on to kind of keep things organized a little bit. So it sounds like you kept a couple of different journals. Right. Okay. Beautiful. And it, isn't it fun really to go back and look at what you wrote before and to mm-hmm. see, cause I've done that too. And, and oftentimes what, cause again, I think one of my biggest self criticisms along that path of my career um, has been a tendency to judge myself. Like, why did you do this? Why did you spend money on this? And then you didn't follow through on it or you didn't finish this or, or this didn't turn out to be, you know, the big thing that you thought it was going to be. And, and I 
really have tended to be really hard on myself. But when I go back and look at some of those notes, it's a little bit validating for me just to see where I was at the time and the decisions that I was making at the time make perfect sense. Mm -hmm. It's just that, as you were saying before, too, every one of those decisions got me to where I am today. Right. Um, And I don't know that I would change that road either. It wasn't easy, right? There's Mm -hmm. a lot of zigs and zags and zigging when I should be zagging, maybe. But um, it all all leads here. Right. Um, And that's a beautiful place to be, even if you're not where you want to be. Here is is a beautiful spot because from here we go next, right? Go to that right. next step. So you have your business. Um, what is the current challenge maybe that you're facing now with your business? I just, in the last two months, opened a new brick and mortar space. So right now it's just letting people know that I'm there mm-hmm. um, and just educating people Um on the benefits of getting facials and why they should take care of their skin and why they should use a good product line. So just getting that word out. Mm-hmm. So let's tell me a little bit about that. Why should I be getting a facial? That's something I, it's, not, it's a practice I have not been doing. Um, so give me some suggestions on what benefits I can get from this. Um, it's, it's good for your skin. Um, we will use products that you don't have access to the way that it actually works is it, so it boosts what you're doing at home. So if you're using a good professional grade skincare line, it's 80% ingredients and 20% fillers. If you go buy something over the counter, it's reversed. So actually you're doing 90% of the work at home by using that good product line every day. So then you come in every four to six weeks, you get a facial, we go over any concerns, um, maybe tweak some of your products if the seasons are changing um, and just do different treatments that you aren't able to have access to at home. Um, They're also relaxing. I also do a lot of facial massage, which helps to really drain a lot of stagnant lymphatic fluid that's in the face because as we age, that doesn't drain properly and then it slows down your collagen production. So that's one great thing about getting a facial is just moving all of that stagnant fluid so your skin is glowing and bright and you just feel so much better. That's fascinating. So I like the just the um, information about uh, store bought store bought products versus the professional grade products. Can you give us any suggestions on what we should be looking for when we're looking for product lines? Honestly, the best route to go is to find an esthetician and talk with them, consult with them, have them help you. They generally are very happy with the skincare lines that they're using Mm -hmm. and they're going to be monitoring and um, making sure that what you're using is a good line. Um, I know a lot of people will just order online and being really careful how I say this. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, a lot of people want, you know, the vegan, the paraben free, the gluten free, and I get that. But there are also professional grade lines that do exist. So I think if you're going to invest in a good product line and invest in your skin, you need to take the time to find a good esthetician that you just click with, like your hair person. It's kind of the same thing. 
So what are some questions that I should be asking um, an anesthetician when I'm shopping around? Because again, assume I know nothing because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the first thing is not even a question. I mean, obviously you need to feel comfortable with them and you need to, you know, have a good vibe and you need to click with them. Um, and I also would take note to make sure that they're listening to you and really understanding what you're saying and, and understanding your questions. Um, beyond that, I would ask them why they like this certain product, um, why they would recommend it. Um, I don't really go into ingredients a lot because nobody cares. Um, but just, you know, the top three things of what this product is going to do, they should be able to tell you that what it's going to do for you and why you need to have it. Okay. Is there, um, particular information that you're listening for or asking the potential client about? Um, because I'm sure you're going to be asking me questions too, right? Right. Um, I always go over diet. I go over lifestyle. Um, water intake is huge. So I'm listening for um, if they just go off on a story about XYZ and then I might go back and ask a couple questions about that because your lifestyle and your diet hugely impacts your skin. So if they're open to discussing those things, mm-hmm. then I'm always listening for different things that they might not think to tell me. So what about the the idea that uh, there's not one right diet for anyone? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the, that's my belief. I don't know if, if you would share that belief or not. But again, as you're listening um, for those for that information, how do you advise on that diet and 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 how do you teach? Maybe that's a better question. How do you teach the connection between diet and the skin? My main thing is water intake which is 100% good for everybody. Um, And I just ask people if they have a high intake of white sugar to consider taking it down. Those are the only two things that I'm really passionate about because of how greatly they can affect your skin. Other than that, if somebody wants to have a conversation and they ask me more details, I will go into that limiting... um, Sometimes gluten, sometimes people will develop um, a milk allergy, um, sometimes lectins. So we'll go over those things. But Mm -hmm. I'm just really passionate about reducing white sugar intake and increasing water. So I hear uh, so much about white sugar, probably especially in the last year to uh, six months. I'm not sure why. Maybe I need to be looking at my sugar intake. I don't know. Um, I really, I have a really low sugar intake and yet this keeps coming up. So I'm curious for the skin then, what's the connection between sugar intake and skin? It will actually break down the collagen in your skin. Um, it also will prevent products from being absorbed. Um, and it also dehydrates you. So those are the three things as we're aging, of course, those are the three main things, especially collagen depletion that nobody wants. Um, And it will help to kill your skin cells a little bit more quickly as well. So when you are working with someone, is there, uh, what do you see in their skin that would suggest that there's maybe too much sugar in their diet or is, is it that precise? Um, sometimes people will develop different rashes. 
Um, and again, I'm not a dermatologist. I'm not a doctor, so I don't and I can't diagnose. I just okay. know what I've read and I'll just maybe bring it to their attention. Right. Um, different rashes. Um, and a lot of times their skin is really dry, almost flaky. Um, so then sometimes I'll ask them to, and if they're real puffy, you can actually press on their forehead. And if it takes a really long time for color to come back, they're definitely dehydrated, which can be from the sugar as well. I did not know the sugar had anything to do with dehydration or hydration. That's in the skin. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Okay. So diet, water, water. I think we've all heard how good water is for every system in our body. Mm -hmm. Um, any other questions that I should be asking? Um, and maybe let me rephrase that. What should I be expecting from my anesthetician? At least on your first visit, a pretty in-depth consult because they need to understand what they're working with and they need to understand what your goals are. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, and then getting a facial treatment that you're comfortable with, um, they should be checking in with you every time. They should be saying, has anything changed? Are you taking any new medications? Have you had any injections? Is there anything I need to know? Those are the things that I ask right off the bat every single time. And even if I know the answer, I still ask. Okay. Um, so it's really just keeping that line of communication open. And yeah. Okay, beautiful. So I think I know enough now about what I'm at least looking for in an, in an esthetician. So I want to come back to what you had said a little bit ago about the fact that you just opened a brick and mortar store or place recently. How, how long ago did you open that? Um, in November. Okay. So it seems odd that right opening brick and mortar while we're in the midst of a pandemic. And I think around November was when some of those spikes were really coming on high. What, what was it? I want to say, what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, you can, because I said <laughs> it to myself. <laughs> what were you thinking? So what were you thinking that said, you know what, now's the right time for me to open a brick and mortar place? Um. I think it just goes back to kind of the advice that, that I would give to someone else. I had been writing about it. Um, I had really been thinking about it. I was ready to have my own space again. Um, I called a friend and I said, do you know of any space that's around that's available? And I went to look at the space and everything was perfect. The rent was perfect. Um, the location was perfect. It felt good. Um, and I just said, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I can do this. There's options that people can wear masks for some services, but I just have to do it. And how satisfied are you with where you are right now with your business? I'm beyond ecstatic. I'm busier now than I thought that I would be only a couple of months in. Um, and I'm still getting one or two new clients every week and tons of referrals. So I'm really happy. That is exciting. Good for mm -hmm. you. So um, how about the marketing piece? You said one to two new clients every week. I think we would all love to, you know, we love that. So how did you get to that point? Um. I wanted to make sure that this time when I was doing my Facebook and doing my Instagram, that I was being who I really am and not just posting to post. Okay. Um, so I think that has been a big help. I will actually sit 
and probably meditate for about five minutes and really ground myself and just what do I want to write about? Um, and then I'll do a post. And I've gotten so much feedback on my posts and people, oh, I didn't even know you were there, but you came up in my Instagram feed. So I scheduled a facial. That's literally what happened. Fantastic. I love that. So um, you got the word out mostly on social media. Are you using any other sort of marketing strategies or platforms? Um, I have a website, um, but but that's it. And it's just been word of mouth referrals also. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like largely built on word of mouth and referrals. Right. Um, what would you say right now then is your biggest challenge? I don't think it's like a, a bad challenge, but it's more a personal growth challenge of just really being present and sitting in the fact that this is what I love to do and it's like working. So just really being grateful and just learning to appreciate all of my hard work that brought me to where I am right now. So appreciating your where you are um, in the context of a challenge, is that a challenge or is that a response to a challenge? It's definitely a challenge for me. Um, I think through this whole pandemic, just a ton of people, you know, my anxiety has just been off the charts, just generally across the board. So I, it's just a struggle every, every day to just, you know, keep going. Got so it. there's that piece in there too. So really it just, it sounds like a global mindset of just mm -hmm. reminding yourself that you're on the right path, that you are grounded in your truth and that will continue to move forward as long as you continue to show up the way you have. Right. Is, is that what you're trying to remind yourself? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and I think that leads into my next question really nicely. And, you know, one of the things that I want to continue to talk about is the importance of self-care. Because, um, you know, myself included, um, the, the clients that I work with, we often put our businesses and our families and many other things before ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result, then, uh, you know, burnout or just not even showing up the way we want to. And so now we're doing all of these things, but maybe not doing any of them to the level that we know that we're capable of. And then we start judging ourselves for that. For sure. So what is it? A, do you have a practice for self-care? I do. <laughs> um, every week, I try to take at least two salt baths. That's just my time. I don't even have my phone. That's just my time that I just relax. Um, I do have a meditation practice um, and a journaling practice that I do every morning um, when I wake up. And I also um, am certified for level two Reiki. So I will do Reiki on myself. And then on Sunday evenings, I also do a free distance Reiki session. So people can message me and I will do that session on Sunday evenings as well, which is also beneficial for me. Tell me how that's beneficial for you. Um, when you're doing Reiki on anyone, even if it's a distant session, you're still getting the Reiki as well and you're benefiting from that. But it also just makes me happy to know that I'm able to help other people that I might not even know. Um, and I definitely am not in the same space as they are. Yeah. 
So that's an interesting combination of still doing for other people and yet doing for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Because so many things that we have to do for others has nothing to do with a gain for ourselves necessarily or a direct gain for ourselves. But this sounds like it is. It is for sure. What do you like about Reiki? I'm also a Reiki master. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I have not practiced um, in quite some time. So I would love to hear from your perspective what your, the draw is for you. I love the way that it just makes me feel the energy. Like I can feel the energy and I like how it makes other people feel and knowing that I'm helping someone else to feel good just makes me feel good. And you do feed off of that energy as well. Um, yeah. And I, I just think it's really neat. <laughs> Can you, uh, how long have you been doing that group? Um, Reiki. Actually, I started it right um, in March last year, whenever everything started shutting down because I couldn't work for 14 weeks, I think. So I was just looking for something to still stay kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're doing these group Reiki. Can you give me, tell us a story about maybe uh, something that, uh, about someone who's benefited from this, or maybe they come, they've come back to you, or, or maybe the experience is with you yourself. So tell me a little bit about the outcomes of experiencing Reiki. I have a client who um, was pregnant and she was trying to get pregnant. Her dad was um, sick. He had cancer and she was trying to get pregnant before he passed and it didn't happen. So she got pregnant after he passed and she was very stressed and just felt guilty because she couldn't get pregnant before he passed and just all the things. Yeah. And so the one night she said, can you add me to your list? And I said, absolutely. And so when I was sending her her Reiki, he actually came through and said, please tell her that I'm with her. I'm with the baby. Everything is okay. Be at peace. And just being able to relay that message to her was mm-hmm. all the difference in the world. Like she just had this flip. She was depressed. She was sad. And after that, she just felt at peace and happy. And, and that shift to peaceful happiness, was that partly because of the message she got and or the, the Reiki itself, or is there a difference? I think for her, it was more the message that she got, but she definitely said that for once her whole body actually felt calm and comfortable. And she was really far in her pregnancy, so she was feeling really uncomfortable. So the Reiki definitely helped her body to feel comfortable. Beautiful. Do you see an interrelationship between the uh, services that you're providing now and Reiki? And and do at at some point, will that come together? I've actually, I have a second room in my studio that is sitting empty right now. And that's what I'm going back and forth with. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go that, that public with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that for some people, when I'm doing facials, I'm absolutely giving them Reiki at the same time. It just sort of happens for certain individuals. Yeah. So when I hear you, you say, you know, I'm giving them Reiki for someone who may not know what Reiki is, that might sound weird. And, you know, it's a little, it's one of those woo woo things, at least it's on my list of woo woo things, right? (laughs) Um, 
So how do you describe that to a client or do you? Um, I generally say it's really relaxing. Um, and I'll say for, and, and everybody does it different and I'll tell them everybody does it different. There is no really one right or wrong way to do it. Um, some people will just kind of hover their hands over top. Sometimes you'll feel them lightly place their hands on you. Um, there's so many benefits to it and it's just overall so relaxing and calming. That's what I tell everybody. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough information, right? Right. Just right. make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we all want to get to. Right. Beautiful. Well, Nikki, I'm curious, is there something, um, a story within you that I have not asked you about that you would just love to share? <laughs> um, I'm not sure what's prompting me to say this, but we'll go with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, and, and before, let me just say this too. This kind of goes back with the really, you know, pushing forward in your business and really being true and standing in your truth. Um, so I was married for, with my ex-husband for 10 years. Um, we separated actually last year, got divorced. He had been cheating for like five years, didn't know it. Um, and I thought my world is ending. I'm done. Like, I can't go on. There's no way I can own a business. I can't be public. Like, this can't happen. Right. And then I pulled myself up and I said, no, like, your story is going to help somebody else. Um, the things that you can relate to other people, like, it's all going to work out. Like, everything happens for a reason. And just pushing through all of that has really also helped me to become who I am and to be more comfortable standing in my truth. Because I think if I can get through being cheated on and divorced, I can legit do anything. So I just try to really keep that in the back of my mind on my harder days. Mm -hmm. And that helps to push me forward a little bit. Well, what do you think you learned about yourself through that experience that helps you keep pushing on? Um, that if I pulled my, and granted I had support, definitely my family, my parents, but if I could do the work to pull myself through that horrible feeling, like I can do anything. Got it. I love that. That is a real story of triumph. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I love these open-ended questions, right? You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you for not censoring that. That that's a great story to share, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, so thank you again for your time today. But before we close, I want to make sure people know how to find you. I know that you're in Pennsylvania, but tell them more mm -hmm. specifically about where they can find you. Okay. Um, so my studio is in Greensburg, um, which is about forty five minutes from Pittsburgh. Um, and I actually do a lot of online consulting work. I do a lot of Zoom calls and FaceTiming. So if anybody's interested, they can go to my website. Um, it's www.sparebe.com. And there's a link there that they can schedule a consult um, if they want to work online. Beautiful. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for your time and for your stories today. I really appreciate you sharing yourself with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. 
Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.